understanding and noting, you know, improvement steps, it's another way to show myself kindness. Hello, high achiever. Welcome to the Inside Job Journey podcast. I'm Tiana, a certified professional coach. I work with highly effective and driven people that are always striving for more, helping them define what that more is and learning what they really want. In this podcast, I want to bring you on a discovery journey where you can learn more about what's driving you to never settle. Before the episode, I want to share with you that I'm hosting a free masterclass next week, Monday, December 12th, Getting Off the Hamster Wheel. A free masterclass to pause from the daily craziness and catch a breath, reflect on how far you have come in your personal and professional life, as well as where you want to focus, and restart your journey toward a redefined goal with renewed energy and valuable tools to help you get there. Hello, welcome High Achievers. Today we have with us Alina Florea, who is a high performance coach for high achieving leaders. So welcome, Alina. Thank you very much, Diana, for uh, having me today (laughs) and for being able to have this nice chat. I'm so pleased to have you with me. I think we have many things that we talk about that are very connected. And let's start maybe with your current work with leaders and some of the things that you are finding um, are their current challenges. Okay, thank you. Well, when it's written there, high achievers, um is uh, mainly because I worked for more than 20 years in management. And um, for uh, almost uh, 14 years, I've been one of those high achievers (laughs) all the time, you know, (laughs) very much involved uh, with uh, 100%, 200% into, you know, achieving, managing, Actually, I was running a 350 employee design company and I was developing uh, lots of managers, you know, from project managers to all kind of managers because I I grew my management uh, team. And in this, you know, activity, I realized I, I was also growing with them. Uh, and I realized that often is not about knowledge. And because I had an MBA, I had a PMP. So I, I was, you know, I was supposed to know a lot of things. But then when <laughs> I was in the shoes of the person doing it, <laughs> sometimes, I, oh my God, I was scratching my head and asking how to do it, how to do it with the people around, how to do it in such a manner to, you know, involve people, to maintain their curiosity and to decrease resistance and also to create the best organizational culture, uh, allowing for the change that the shareholders at that that time needed in the company. So um, with that experience, I actually understood that it's a whole, you know, new area of managing self, managing expectations, managing, you know, 
our uh, internal dialogue between our heirs <laughs> when we are managers in order for us to actually perform at our best. And this is how I decided when I said, okay, it's enough with management <laughs> to step into coaching leaders, into coaching managers and, you know, helping them to reach their peak of performance, to helping them to recognize their narrative, helping them to recognize their mindset and work with their mindset to, you know, to have their mindset as their main ally, as their main, I don't know, resource in uh, obtaining whatever they need to obtain in organizations, but also in their own life. Because it's not only about organization, it's yeah, people are people. They they do have a life <laughs> outside organization. Yes. And there are so many things that I pick up from just this brief description. You mentioned working on their mindset and aligning everything. And I think that's a critical part. You say it, it's not anymore about managing oneself. It's also about managing others. But it all starts with you and with your mindset and where you are in that moment and how you can be at peak performance mm -hmm. even before starting to helping others manage their own. Absolutely. It's always about who you want to be in those relationships, who you want to be in those circumstances where you need to obtain a certain result, where you need to strike a certain agreement, where you need to maybe to teach people or where you need to follow. Because even as a managing director, you really need to follow, you know, the lead of your specialized managers. When it comes, you know, to, to specialized knowledge, then you need to listen. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> soon you will do some errors, <laughs> great errors, I would say. And um, you really know, uh, need to know who you are and what are the obstacles, you know, standing in your way to listen, standing in your way to collaboration, standing in your way to you know, to um, to strike agreements or to trust, to trust even yourself or to trust others. Um, and, you know, there is that formula in coaching, which is said like something like this performance is potential minus interference. And usually when we are talking about interference, is that emotional interference, which interferes with our decision-making ability. And as managers, we are hired, yeah, for to take decisions. So if we, you know, impose our emotions over those decisions, it's kind of a wrong order. <laughs> we we apply the knowledge we have first emotion, and then we listen to our emotion, and then we definitely won't have the clarity needed. Won't have won't have the you know, long-term view, we lose the connection with long-term view, we lose the connection to foc with our focus, and we, yeah, increase the, the risk to, to do something which is not in our support, not in our, you know, even interest in long-term as managers. 
Yes, and you mentioned the fact that they need to understand what are those um, interference. And I'm just wondering if that, um, let's say, knowledge or the awareness uh, of having interference, is that clear to leaders when they start struggling? Or do they need to do some self-reflection before understanding that there is interference from their side well um there are leaders and leaders and um you know this part of knowing oneself usually comes with age and when leaders are more advanced in their age they are at a different stage in their life where they already have seen it all and uh, now they know how to, you know, how to integrate whatever comes to them. But um, there are, there is a case of first-time managers. There is a case of, you know, first first-line managers going to a middle manager, or even of middle managers going up to um, uh, senior positions. In each of those positions, there are different challenges. And um, I would rather recommend everyone to, you know, to to be very intentful in how they approach these transitions, because whatever, you know, helps them to get there won't be enough. And they will, it's a process, it's a process of maturing in that, in transitioning, it's a process of transitioning in the new role. And as all processes, it's a learning curve. And in that learning curve, yes, it will be also knowledge, yeah, knowledge, but it will be a lot of information about how they deal with their own expectations about themselves, how they deal with a new definition of success, how they deal with, you know, a new definition of um, what is possible for them, a new definition of agreement, a new definition even of, not necessarily a new definition, but they will find themselves in a certain manner, they will be master. And in other terms, they will be just a novice. And they will need to, you know, to deal with this uh, jumping from one position to another. And it will be a bit mind-blowing at the beginning. Um, And it's very useful for them to know when to act, with what expectations to act as a master, and when to act, and with what expectations and allowance to themselves as a novice, yeah, as an apprentice, because an apprentice is there to learn, and definitely they they need to have the expectations, they will a bit fail, a bit, you know, feel exposed, a bit will feel vulnerable, a bit will feel like, fraud sometimes especially for high achievers they will feel like not having enough not having needing to prove more needing (laughs) validation external from exterior so um up to a moment when they will realize they know you know they manage to understand the new elements from the new vantage point and then they will internalize okay now i know the elements now i see how these new elements can be used and after a certain time maybe even one year 
they will start showing elements of mastery, <laughs> you know, being able to juggle with those elements as, as a natural, you know, as being there for many years. <laughs> so true. And you mentioned one thing at the beginning of this discussion, it's knowing it's not enough. Yes. So you can have all the knowledge in the world, but if you don't apply it, if you don't practice, if you don't fail, as you said, if you, if you don't, if you're not vulnerable sometimes to show that you're human, it's hard to really transition through that learning phase and into being fully effective, right? You know, knowledge, uh, I, I have two categories of knowledge when I refer to knowledge. It's technical knowledge, you know, to need accounting stuff, you know, to need project management stuff, you know, to need, you need to know, sorry, <laughs> you need to know technical parts. Yeah. But beside that, it's like on bicycle, you read the manual, you know that you need to put, the, you know, hands on the handle and then to uh, to ride the saddle and then to pedal, but you have no idea how it feels when doing it. You don't have any idea how it feels when you have to climb a you know a hill, when you or when you have to go downwards. It's a totally different thing, and understanding how to make that technical part yours with your internal you know, resources of patience, of internal resources of um, empathy, of uh, tolerance, of tolerance for error for others or for self. It's a totally, totally different type of knowledge. It's usually for me. Let's talk about me. <laughs> when I start from my experience, yeah. Um, I used to, you know, when I started to learn something new, I was so upset on me for not being able to get it fast. Now, now, everything should have been now. <laughs> but, um, and then I realized, you know, even when I started coaching, I realized, okay, it's impossible. Nobody will will be able to coach like a real pro in one month so i i i with intention i i enlarged my you know deadline for obtaining certain results and in the end i realized that it's the only how shall i say it's the only way which is working for me allowing myself to go through this period to internalize to take note about what I was feeling when I was, you know, kind of feeling naked <laughs> in, in certain situations and vulnerable, but in the end becoming comfortable with showing up like this and being even more appreciate, appreciated by, you know, my the, my client because they really saw uh, me raw, yeah, in, in action. And they, they, it was also easier for them to, to show themselves vulnerable and to understand that this vulnerability is actually nothing. It's nothing to endanger their safety. They are perfectly safety. Um, it's only for them to get desensitized. Uh, hold on. How do you say it? 
um, you know, the, the, the threshold of, of sensitivity to raise it a bit. And that's it. You just repeat and repeat and you have results. That's it. And you one day you realize there is no sensitivity there anymore. <laughs> yeah. And as a manager, yes, you do it continuously. And what I I really like about this is that you you mentioned um being very kind in a way with yourself, understanding that it takes time and having that patience and building it because let's be honest high achievers are not very known to be patient or to be particularly kind to themselves very high expectations very little patience now 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 as you said what are some of the things that helped you build that first of all understanding nuances of being kind you know in my vocabulary of being kind initially I thought it's only about helping others. It was about showing, uh, you know, making myself ready to for others to be there and to show them the way. But uh, then I realized that, as you said, uh, showing myself patience, allowing myself a longer interval, it's a sign of kindness. Not becoming frustrated with me, just becoming observant and saying, okay, this is what I've done well, and this is what I can improve. It's a different way to show myself kindness than understanding and noting, you know, improvement steps. It's another way to show myself kindness. Because now I have, I have plotted for myself, these are my signs that I am growing, as opposed to, you know, to to focus myself on the negative, I focus myself on my real, <laughs> you know, concrete results showing me that I am improving, that I am going wherever I am going towards my goal. And this is a way, it's like a loop. Whenever you start it, it feeds itself. And it's like, um, you know, it's a positive reinforcement for appreciating yourself appreciating the effort and appreciating the results. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been able to see the results. Yes, I love it because it goes back to the fact that we we set certain goals and we, we have this image in our mind of what success looks like. And then if we don't have it exactly how it is in our mind, sometimes we fail to see the progress. And you mentioned it very well in the sense of keeping track of the things that mean progress. Even maybe the KPIs are not improving, the end goal has not been reached, but you have those signals that are telling you, you are growing, you're on the right path, you're going in the right direction, and just you need to be patient and kind and just continue instead of, you know, feeling frustrated for not being there yet. I did something also in addition to that. It's one to hold the definition of success. And when I realized that definition was not helping me at all, was just pushing me into that corner where I was beating myself, I said, okay, then um, I'm going to change it. For example, one year ago, I started systematic posting on LinkedIn. 
and it was like a very stressful <laughs> to say at least you know uh period for me for the first two months until i i realized that it doesn't it is not called for nothing create you know a creation process and i realized that this process for me means actually it's the, the process of agreement with me whatever i'm going to you know put out there it shouldn't it, it needn't to be you know outstanding to me it was important to be you know to have a post to have a post every other day and my kpi started to be do i have a post then it's one <laughs> I don't have a post and it's zero. <laughs> yeah. So instead of looking, you know, how many people will comment, how many people will engage, how many people will like it, how many people will, you know, start connected with connecting with me, I said I need to have a post there. It doesn't matter good or bad or not. It it, it should reflect my experience. It, it should be truthful to me to who I am now. Um uh, but then it was a totally different KPI from my initial expectation of having engagements, of having, okay. <laughs> so uh, um, I, I realized that it's just vanity stuff. And I put something which was very useful for me to keep me moving ahead in the direction that now I am, you know, present with four posts uh, every week. Uh, and I do it without even blinking. Uh, I know Monday is creation creation day, but yes, I I do it. And uh, sometimes uh, on Monday I I don't finish it. Okay, it doesn't matter. It will happen throughout the week. So it's it's a no blame game. It's just whatever is comes comes for a reason, and I keep four posts on a week and this is my you know one <laughs> the kpa is one with four posts a week <laughs> yeah and there are two things that i picked up while you were speaking one is engagement oftentimes people are scared to put themselves out there because they feel like people will not engage or what they will think or whatever and so one thing that i noticed is that even though you may not have that big engagement, people will read, people will notice. And then sometimes you are talking to someone and they are saying, hey, by the way, I saw, I always look forward to your posts and these people are never liking, never commenting. And I'm wondering, okay. So there are a lot of people that are in there that could be impacted by what you have to say even if they don't engage act actively or even if they don't comment, you may still be helping people out there. Um, I think that's something that we forget about when we try to put ourselves out there. Yeah, it, it's true. It, it Actually, it's never about us. It's always about, you know, people for whom we are writing. So, for example, when I started my newsletter, The Thriving Mindset, I was amazed to see that posting that newsletter, I had in the, the next three or four days, 1,700 subscriptions. That was, oh my God. <laughs> so, these people do find something interesting in what I'm saying. 
And um, uh, it, it was not that I didn't know, you know, it, it, it is interesting uh, because I know it's my experience. I know that experience is true. And I, I've been helping more than 100 managers with that experience, you know, in coaching them. But um, yes, it was uh, really uh, a bit of a shock. <laughs> <laughs> my you know, I, am, I am really excited. Uh, it gave me, you know, a different reason to put my content there and whomever is listening this um you know we are we the content creators we are really motivated <laughs> you know <laughs> by whomever is writing because we know that message will reach people in need yeah will reach people who um who need inspiration who who maybe are passing a transition and they have no idea about what would they need yeah for example when i when i was a, a managing director i think 3 years in my job i was looking for some for a kind of resource which i knew is not training but i had no idea what type of resource is as that type coaching was not, it was back in 2010, coaching was not, or 2008, I think, coaching was not very familiar in my country at the time. And um, uh, I, I did some research before finding, you know, uh, my coach. And um, I had, because I didn't know what other resources might help, and uh, the discussion with the coach was quite good. The first discussion, I said, okay, I'm going to, to try. Um, and really, I was amazed by the power of transformation, uh, you know, the coaching sessions had. Uh, and I was so impressed that in my, you know, a long 10 years as a managing director, I actually brought coaching for me every three years. On every three years, I brought, you know, again, a coaching program for me. And it was because at every three years, I went with the organization through a kind of big change, big organizational maturing, needing first from my side, you know, uh, a change in perspective for being able to, you know, to shift and to draw the managers with whom I was working to look from that perspective and to allow themselves to be part of the, the entire, uh, you know, even organizational culture change mm -hmm. we were uh, performing at that time. So, yes, um, whomever is in doubt, whomever wants a new, um, you know, performance or whomever knows they are able, you know, of a different performance but they feel like stagnating or like being blocked or like, you know, something is not going or aligned for them or whomever is transitioning or whomever wants to change, you know, their domain, really they will accelerate their process by having a coach and by having a partner uh, who will, you know, show will be like a mirror, will show their operating system, how they are thinking. <laughs> this is at least what my coach did to me. And I was 
you know, sometimes I was upset of what I was seeing. <laughs> sometimes I was um, amazed because I didn't, I couldn't believe him. Sometimes I was puzzled. But in one year, I had the possibility to, you know, to integrate differently my own way of being and my understanding who I wanted to be. So this is what in high uh, performance coaching, a manager can uh, can get. Amazing. So just to wrap it up, we discussed so many things. If there was one thing that our listener can take away from this conversation, what would you suggest? Give it a try to coaching. They will might they will might be surprised with themselves and they they will have the possibility you know to connect with their vitality source with their how shall i say well-being source this is i think this is uh, uh this is what all managers want be- besides success yeah success cannot be cannot be you know whole without well-being there are so many so many managers who are, who are successful but are miserable you know they they feel miserable why that i mean it's a legit question why that <laughs> exactly and it goes back to redefining what success is i think Absolutely. also as a as a leader as a manager yeah good thank you so much for your time today i i'm I mean, the topics are so many that I will invite you again to join me in future sessions. I I really enjoyed having you on my podcast. And thank you very much. Thank you very much, Diana. I appreciate a lot uh, your invitation and uh, hopefully it was useful for our listeners. This episode is over. However, you can like, subscribe and follow for more content. 